But uh, we're wrapping up our Faith and Family series today. Uh, we're we're going to be talking about godly children, kind of completing the, the, the litany of things that are all family related. But next week, what we're going to be doing is uh, we're starting uh, three weeks of kind of standalone sermons that don't really uh, group together. They're not part of a, a series. But then we're going to spend the bulk of the summer after that uh, looking at the one another passages that we see in the New Testament in hopes that we can kind of focus on our, our, ourselves as a church body in growing together this summer uh, in, these, in these months. So I invite you to, to join us the rest of the summer. Don't, don't take the summer off. It's good to see you here every week. When I was younger, uh, about around the age of four or five, my family took a a trip to see some friends of ours who live in northwest Arkansas. And I will never forget this particular trip because on that trip something very, very memorable happened. And it actually didn't happen to me, it happened to my sister. Uh, My sister Lindsay was about two or three years old at the time. And we were playing outside, and I remember she was kind of playing near some flowers, and there was a swarm of bees in this, this, what do you call, a, I don't know, a bush of flowers, thank you. There was, a, there was a swarm of bees surrounding these flowers, and my parents warned my sister. They said, Lindsay, oh, oh, I forgot, I left out an important detail. She started swatting at the bees, like swinging her hand at them. And my parents warned her, they said, Lindsay, you need to back away from those flowers, and you need to stop swatting at those bees, or you're gonna get stung, and it's gonna really hurt. Well, my sister, in true Lindsay fashion, did not obey them. She kept swatting at the bees, and as you would imagine, she got stung. So she began crying profusely, and my parents took her inside. They got the stinger out and, you know, kind of doctored her up and got her a Band-Aid and consoled her. Less than 30 minutes later, my sister went right back outside, right back to the same bunch of flowers, swatted the same swarm of bees, and got stung for the second time. She didn't learn a thing. Her rebellious heart got the best of her. And you know, when it comes down to it, we're all like my sister. In our hearts, we are rebels. We don't want to listen to anybody else. We don't want to obey anybody else, especially our parents. And as a result, a lot of times, our rebelliousness gets the best of us. In this instance, it's very easy to see that if my sister would have obeyed my my parents, things would have gone better for her. And what we see in the scriptures time and time again is that God has given us authority, and as children, he has given us parents for our own good. And because of that, it really matters if we obey our parents. But why? Why does it matter if you obey your parents? Children, why does it matter if you listen to mom and dad and do what they say? If you have a Bible, turn with me to Ephesians 6. We're going to look at verses 1 through 3 today. If you need a Bible, there's a blue one there in the back of the pew in front of you. But as we, as we look at Ephesians 6, 1 through 3, we're going to see why it matters if we obey our parents. And then we'll talk a little bit about how we can obey them, because a lot of times it feels really, really hard. And it is really, really hard. So how can we do this? We'll look at both of those those questions today, but I want to pray together before we 
we read this, and then I'll invite you to stand with me as we read. So let's pray. Father, everything in our nature wants to go our own way and wants to do things how we want to do them, when we want to do them. And we desperately need your help because we are not obedient by nature. We don't bend that direction. All of us, whether we're kids, whether we're adults, we are prone to rebel and we need your help. We need you to change us. We need you to do the work in our hearts of helping us trust you and know that what you have given to us in your word as instruction is for our good. It's for our benefit. You're not a evil father trying to direct us away from life and joy. You're trying to direct us to life and joy because you are good, as we just sung about. You are only good. You are always good. I pray that you would speak to us today, that you would come and use this time to to be with us in a profound way, and I pray that all of us would listen, whether we're children or adults. I pray that we would come to your word expecting to meet with you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we read this. This is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your, your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You can take a seat. So Paul begins this this passage. He says, children, obey your parents. And something we need to talk about real quick is who does Paul refer to when he says children? Who does that include? Well, he's not referring just to little children. He is writing this to anyone who is under their parents' authority. And, And what that means, if you're living under their roof, you're under their authority. And I would even say to some extent, if you're living on their dime and you're off at college, they still have some authority in your life. And I know that's that's hard, the lines are not always clear, but there is some aspect of God still placing them over you until you are out doing your own thing, living on your own finances, starting your own family. But what does it mean to obey? We know what it means. It's, it's simple. Just to listen to what somebody says and to do it. To follow the rules. To live under their authority. So boys and girls, young men, young women, this means that your parents get the ultimate say-so in your life. And I know that that's not easy to hear. And it's not easy to live by. But Paul adds another phrase. In verse 1, he says, Obey your parents. And then he says, In the Lord. And this means, As to the Lord. So God wants you to obey your parents as you obey God. Ultimately, your obedience as a child to your parents is for God. In Romans 13.1, it says, There is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. So children, young adults, what that means is your, your, your parents are placed in authority over you by God, and that means that when you obey them, you are obeying God. When you disobey your parents, you are disobeying God because they are His representatives in your life. So whenever we have a problem with our parents, as children, we have a problem with God. But Paul goes on. He says, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. 
This is right. And what does he mean by that? I think, I think it, it means that it is in line with what God has, has commanded, how he has communicated in his word, which we see in the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother is one of those. And he quotes that in verses 2 and 3. But then also, in, in, the, in the passage that, was it Joel that read Colossians 3 for us this morning? I believe it was. In Colossians 3.20, the New Testament reading for today, it's kind of a parallel verse, and it says this, and I think it sheds some light as to what Paul means when he says this is right. In Colossians 3, this is also Paul writing. He says, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. This pleases the Lord. And I think that's what Paul means. He's saying, obeying your parents is right because it's in accordance with God's law. It's in accordance with how he has created the world and wants it to work. But it also is right because it pleases him. And it pleases him because it is in line with his commands. So it blesses God's heart, children, when you obey your parents. Teenagers, when you actually live under your parents' authority, your Father in heaven is pleased. So the first reason why it matters if you obey your parents, is obeying your parents pleases God. Obeying your parents pleases God. Let's look at verses 2 and 3. And as we look at these verses, adults, we need to listen up because I think he expands the the context here, and I believe these are the verses that really apply to us. In verses 2 and 3, he says, Honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So he says, Honor your mother and father. But what does it mean? What does it mean to honor? It means to show respect and have a high regard for. I think one of the other things that it means is it means to appreciate. And so for all of us, whether or not we're still living under mom and dad's roof, or maybe like you're, you're like me, it's been a decade. Some of you, it's been multiple decades. You've lived much more of your life outside of your parents' uh, authority than under it. But it, all of us are called to honor our parents. And this is more than obedience. This is, this is not just doing what is right. This is having a good attitude about doing what is right. I want to give you an example, especially, I think, kids, this, this, this still applies to you. God calls you to both obey your parents and to honor them. And honoring them is actually even greater than obedience because, because of the, the fact that it includes the, the good attitude. But let me give you this example of obedience without honor. Um, Vance Havner, I don't know who that is, but I, but I found this story this week. He tells about a father who had a rather strong-willed son. You're laughing. You've already heard this before. On the way to, to the store, he kept telling his child, he said, sit down and buckle your seatbelt. This must have been the back of the day before child, child seats. But he said the little kid just kept standing in his seat. He would not obey his dad. So again, he said, sit down and buckle the seatbelt. After a time or two more, the boy was convinced that he had better sit down or disaster would strike. So the child slipped down into his seat. He snapped the seatbelt closed, and he said, Daddy, I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm still standing on the inside. (laughs) That's obedience without honor. That's obedience with the wrong attitude. Obedience that's coming from a heart that is not in the right place. I believe that all of us are called to honor our parents, whether or not we're under our parents' authority still, regardless of our age. But what does that look like? 
For those of us who are adults, what does it look like to honor our parents? I think, first of all, it means that we genuinely respect and care about them as people. And we consider how our words and our actions affect them. I don't know about you, but sometimes I think I still have the mindset that I had when I was three or four, whenever I just thought my parents were like, just completely unaffected by my words and my actions. Like, you just kind of forget that they're human and they have emotions and they have things that they deeply get hurt by how we live when we live in ways that are harmful to them. So I think it's just remembering that how we live and how we talk to them really affects them. We still bear the family name, so to speak, and it does reflect on them too. And while we may not be required to do what our parents say anymore, we're called to love them, and that means treating them with gentleness and kindness. And this, when I was thinking about this this week, I'm, I'm convicted by this. There are times when I've been really mean to my parents, even in the last couple years. And so, maybe I have a phone call to make today. But I think it also means, in addition to, to still respecting and, and caring about them and being thoughtful about how our thoughts and actions affect them, I think it also means that we take care of them when they're in need. And one of the things that I think is beautiful is that I see a lot of people in our congregation in seasons right now where you're doing this. You have aging parents who are dealing with all kinds of things from tumors to hip problems and knee problems, and you're going and you're spending time with them and you're doing the difficult work of managing finances and taxes and all of this stuff that is so stressful. When you do that, that is honoring your parents. That's a way that you love them in a way that's profound. You know, as, I, as I've become a dad in the last year, um, the thing you, you just don't know until you become a parent is that it's a lot of work, right? And I'm only nine months in, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the beginning, it's going to get way harder, and there's a lot more work to come. But it's, you know what, it, as I was reflecting on this this week, I was just thinking about, man, how much have my parents done for me? And when, when here probably in the next decade or so, they're probably going to start having problems and physical challenges where they're going to need help. And I pray that God reminds me of these verses and that he puts them and prints them on my heart in such a way that when they're in need, I rush to help them out. I'm the first one there, first one showing up. That's how we honor our parents. But the great thing about God's word is it doesn't just tell us what to do. It oftentimes gives us reasons why to do it and gives us rewards for doing it. And in these verses, we also see two rewards for people who obey and honor their parents. In verse 3, he gives us those. It says, the first of all, that it may go well with you. That it may go well with you. So according to God, obeying our parents leads to a better life, to a good life. I learned this lesson the hard way whenever I was in college. Uh, I left for college, and my parents didn't really give me a whole lot of lectures or any instruction. I mean, they, they kind of figured, I guess, by then I either learned what I needed to learn and I was going to be okay or I was a lost cause. But uh, they did give me one very clear rule as I headed off to college because they were still, they were going to be providing a lot of the finances that I need, needed. My parents said this. They sat me down and they said, you are not allowed to get a credit card. We are helping you and you do not need to put any, any you know, 
expenses on a credit card. You don't need to go into debt. We're helping you out. Well, about eight months later, I got a job, my first job in college, and I went to go get a checking account. And Wells Fargo is genius. They're also evil, because what they do, if you work for them, I'm sorry, but uh, what they do is when you sign up for a student checking account, you automatically get enrolled with one of their Visa credit cards. And they pitch it to you as this great thing because it's going to be overdraft protection. So if you accidentally spend too much, it'll just roll onto your credit card. What they don't tell you is that the fees for like that is actually greater than just an overdraft fee. But I didn't, I didn't listen to my parents, so I get this checking account, I get this credit card, and I'm like, I won't touch it. And I don't know, it was probably less than three months later, I put you know, one expense on that credit card. And as you can imagine, over the next months and years, I just put a little more and a little more, and it was typically things that I really needed, you know, like things like I need new tires for my car, but then after you start to dabble in that, you just start putting all kinds of stupid stuff on there. So before I know it, I'm eating out and going to concerts and using a credit card to buy this stuff. You know, it took me an entire decade to pay off the debt from that credit card. An entire decade. Lexi and I got married, and a few months later was when that was paid off. I mean, it took, took a long, long time. And if I would have obeyed my parents, I would have spared all that bondage and all of that grief and all that wasted money on interest. I don't even want to know how much money I spent. Like, $3 cheeseburgers probably became $15 in the end. But there is no denying that my life would have been better if I would have obeyed my parents in that simple rule. So if you want your life to be better, and we all do, one way you can, you can see that happen is by simply obeying your parents. But then Paul gives us another reason, another reward of obeying our parents. He says, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. That you may live long in the land. So is Paul talking about eternal life here? No. Notice he says that you may live long in the land. He's talking about earthly life, that you will have a long life here on this earth. So if you're wondering, am I saying that honoring your parents leads to long life, the answer is yes. That's what Paul is saying here. Now, is this a, a take it to the bank, no, no exceptions promise, or is this more of a general rule? This is more of a general rule. It's kind of like a proverb. It's one of those things where people who obey their parents, in general, live longer, because our parents' instruction leads us away from harm, away from things that could be dangerous to us and, and end our life, and two things that will be good and pr that will protect us. I think the, the, the proverb that, that Seth read for us this morning kind of captures some of the idea behind this. In Proverbs 6, 20-22, it said, My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always and tie them around your neck. And here's the part where it kind of talks about how they lead to long life. When you walk, they will lead you, and when you lie down, they will watch over you, and when you awake, they will talk with you. And so the idea is that our parents' teaching and their instruction is like a guard, guardian, it's a protector of our life. And when we listen to it, and we decide to place ourselves under it, 
It's like a shield that protects us from things that could harm us. But think about it this way. This is a silly example, but I think it really just communicates the clarity of this idea. What is one of the first things that every parent teaches their kids? They teach their kids, you do not play in the street, right? If you don't teach your kids that, you fail as a parent. That's just like kind of one-on-one parenting. We don't play in the street. Now, if you obey that simple rule the rest of your life, your life expectancy has just shot up. The life expectancy of those who play in the street is not very long. It's a silly way to think about this, but that's what God is saying with all of his commands, all of his truth here that our parents are trying to instill in us and pass down to us. It has that effect. It is for our good. It is not for our harm. It is trying to lead us to life and away from death. And the problem is our hearts don't want to listen, and so we don't believe that that is true, that this instruction is for our good. It is for our benefit, but it is, and it will lead to a better life. It will lead to a longer life, and that's the second reason why it matters if we obey our parents, if we honor them. It leads to a good and long life, so those are the two reasons why it matters, but the, the really important question we got to ask before we leave here is how do we do this? I mean, how can we actually obey our parents? How can we actually honor them? Because what we've found if you're like me throughout your life, is this is really hard to do, and you don't do it consistently. And the reality is that you can't do this. You can't do this on your own. None of us has perfectly obeyed or honored our parents, and even if we decide today that we're going to do that, on our own strength, it is not possible. But thankfully, God knew that, and he did something about it, and the gospel applies even to this area. You see, the Father knew that you and I were going to fail at obeying our parents, and so he sent Jesus. And Jesus perfectly obeyed and honored his earthly parents, Mary and Joseph. He perfectly obeyed and honored them, because it says he, as it says, he was without sin. That means he never disobeyed his parents. But more importantly than that, Jesus perfectly obeyed and honored his heavenly Father. He submitted his entire life his entire being to the Father, even when that meant giving up his life on the cross. And you see, when he died on that cross, he covered all of our sins, including the sin of being disobedient and dishonoring our parents. And even though we don't always obey and honor our parents, the gospel covers that. And the greatest thing is that it doesn't just cover our past sins and, and, and take care of those and cancel the debt that we owe to God. It also gives us power to live a new life in the same power that Jesus conquered the, the grave, the same power that conquered sin and death lives inside of us by the Spirit. And God gives us His Spirit to enable us to walk in His commands and to fulfill what He has called us to. So children, if you want to obey your parents, just ask the Lord to help you and admit that you need his help and that you can't do it. And by the Spirit, he will give you the power, the ability to do this. And when you fail, he will cover that and you don't have to live in the guilt and shame of that. It's covered in the cross. And the same with us for adults. Like, if you're like me, you've probably failed at honoring your parents even in the last year, if not the last month. 
And the gospel covers that, and it will give us the power through the Spirit to enable us to honor our parents. And I know that that's really, really hard, because some of us children, some of us adults, we've had parents that are really hard to obey and honor because they've done some things and they've said some things that are really harmful to us. But what the gospel does is it comes in and it forgives our sins and then it gives us the supernatural ability to forgive others of the sins that they've committed against us. And it helps us to love those who have harmed us and even in situations where that's our own parents. So you may be saying, my parents, they're almost impossible to honor. You don't know my story. You don't know what I've been through. I don't. But what I do know is that God does, and I do know that the power of the Spirit is powerful enough to transform your heart to enable you to honor those that you don't want to honor. And so maybe for some of us this week, we've got a conversation that we need to have with our parents, but not before we get with the Lord and and, and talk to Him about it and ask him for this power to be able to do this, to be able to honor our parents, regardless of our backstory. Just like I said earlier, I think the thing that makes this, really drives this home for me and gives me the motivation to really want to ask the Lord to change my heart in this area is that ultimately what we do with our parents how we treat them, regardless if we're 5 or 55, it's a reflection on our heart, and it's a reflection on our relationship with God. So if we're disobedient to our parents, it reveals something about our heart that we're disobedient to God, and if we are dishonoring them, it reveals something about our heart that we're dishonoring Him. So let's not not take that lightly, but also trust that the Spirit is powerful. He is able to do a work in us to change our hearts and to give us what we need to walk this out. The gospel covers our past, but it also changes our future. Let's not forget that. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you this morning. We're just so aware that this is really hard stuff. Family stuff is, is often some of the most difficult stuff in life. And we really, really, 